Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Stacey Harris, one of the co-founders of Dragon Bites and a Welsh paediatric trainee. This week we're back to revision. We have Asim Javed, a co-founder of Dragon Bites, chatting to Dr Graham Shortland, a consultant specialising in metabolic disorders. The topic is newborn screening. So, let's get started. So, hello, Dr Shortland. Good morning, good morning, and it's a, it's a real pleasure to be able to do this. As you've said, there is a lot of newborn screening that goes on. I think let's take it back a little way and say also I think paediatric trainees should be aware that there is quite a lot of antenatal screening for conditions which I'm not going to touch upon today. That is important to have some background knowledge to that and you will find plenty of information on NHS websites where the details of antenatal screening programmes um, can be found. Clearly, when after birth, when the baby is born, there are a number of programmes that we we take part in as paediatricians, and probably the one known most to us is the newborn physical examination. So we are aware that the newborn physical examination takes place, that usually takes place at 72 hours, and also takes place at six to eight weeks. The key components of that would be examination of the eyes to consider cataracts, evidence of heart disease, evidence of any um, hip problems and also in boys to make sure that the testes are descended properly. The other um, major newborn screening test is the screening test for hearing. That takes place as an automated autoacoustic emission test. Two babies in a thousand are born with permanent hearing loss and, and that takes place soon after birth and every baby again should have that screening. The third component is the newborn blood spot programme, and that's the um, heel prick test. The heel prick test, it'd be nice to focus in a little bit on that. So, yeah, what could you tell me about? This is the blood spot testing that we yeah, do. Yes, that's right. And just for also to add in, of course, none of these tests are compulsory. Mm. Um, so I'm going to emphasise that when I talk about newborn blood spot screening. Mm. Do recognise that these are screening tests, so the result may or may not be a true result. And also that um, some parents may choose to not take part in screening. So always have your clinical suspicion about these conditions, um, bearing that in mind. So um, the newborn blood spot screening test, that is offered across all four nations. It's offered across England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland. You may find, as, as perhaps if you're a trainee that moves around the UK, that there might be some variation. Generally, we're all screening for nine conditions, but speed of Im- there may be some difference in the speed of implementation of, the, of that testing. England and Wales are now offering all nine of those tests. As you're aware, the, the blood spot test is taken from the heel. It's dripped onto a card. We used to call that the Guthrie card. The Guthrie card was a bacterial inhibition test. I think it's best to describe that as just dripped onto a suitable blood testing card. That usually takes place at five days of age, can take place at six, seven or eight days of age. And it's collected onto the card. And sometimes if the card specimen is not adequate, parents will be asked to repeat that test. So we do know that if the laboratory, there are a number of screening laboratories for Wales here in Cardiff does the screening, um, then we know that that test may need to be repeated if there is an inadequate amount of blood um, for the testing. Nine conditions we test for for newborn screening, and uh, those include inherited metabolic disease. They also include sickle cell disease, 
one in 2000 in the United Kingdom, huge variation according to population groups as to the incidence of sickle cell disease. And you'll be aware that that is to prevent complications of sickle cell disease, the most important being uh, antibiotics for the prevention of infection and in particular pneumococcal infection. Cystic fibrosis, about 1 in 2,500, and we screen for cystic fibrosis. There will be some variation in the method methodology, which will include immunoreactive trypsin and genetic panel testing, but that is to ensure that we get early treatment benefits from uh, intervening in those children that have cystic fibrosis. Congenital hypothyroidism, about 1 in 3,000, and that picks up uh, a deficit um, in thyroxin. Remember, of course, that the testing in the UK is different to some other countries, and we test for TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. We don't directly miss thyroxine. So there could be some congenital absence of the thyroid or other conditions that would not be picked up on screening. So again, be aware clinically if you think babies are presenting with these conditions. And then we have inherited metabolic disease for which in Wales and uh, England and other um, UK countries we will be screening for six conditions. Right, yeah, getting into the inherited metabolic conditions, um, I think the ones that, that certainly as a trainee I'm probably most familiar with is phenylketonuria and MCAD. Can you tell me a bit more about those two? Yes, yeah. I mean, Finnekishnuria was the one that we first of all tested for back in the 1960s, um, and we, we started with the Guthrie uh, test, the bacterial inhibition test. We've moved on, and all of the inherited metabolic tests, including PKU and MCAD, will be screened by a technique known as tandem mass spectrometry. And if families don't want certain aspects of testing, they would have to refuse all six tests because they're carried out on one run on tandem mass spectrometry. So, phenylketonuria, as I said, the longest program for measurement. Um, and what we're doing is we're measuring the level of phenylalanine in the blood. So we do have to be aware of, the, of some babies who might not have been fed protein um, because that, that may result in a false negative result. We measure the blood for the phenylalanine concentration. We see a rise in that phenylalanine concentration and we then, at a certain cutoff, will deem that to be a positive neonatal blood spot screening test and that will be referred for um, specialist consideration. At the time when we referred that baby with possible phenylketonuria, it's important to remember that you can get positive results for PKU screening with liver disease. So if you have a diseased liver, then your metabolism uh, using the enzyme phenylalanine hydroxylase in the liver um, may be deficient. And so it's important to examine the child and be aware of other conditions such as galactosemia presenting um, in the neonatal period. So we look for liver disease. There is a very rare one in a hundred cofactor deficiency and we would do as part of our routine workup the testing for biotrin uh, metabolism and that's sent off again by a heel prick test. The good news is that when screening with phenylketonuria is that the uh, screening and the introduction of a DART which is low in protein containing phenylalanine means that the outcome is much better for these children for these babies. If you take a group of 100 babies you may see difference um, in IQ and you may see some difference in, in learning problems however the overall outcome is good for these children we aim now for 120 to 360 micromoles per litre a level of phenylalanine up to the age of 12. 
so a good outcome it is important to recognize that treatment needs to begin as early as possible and that is to prevent both low levels of phenylalanine if they start on a diet through monitoring as well as high levels higher incidence in the irish community and some other communities so always be aware of a difference perhaps in an ethnic population where you're working so that's phenylketonuria the second condition which you asked me to talk about was MCAD, medium chain acyl-CoA dehydrogenase deficiency, which again has an, an instance of about 1 in 10,000. And we use tandem mesh spectrometry looking for an abnormal metabolite uh, octanol carnitine in the tandem mesh spectrometry sample um, that's taken on the blood spot card. This condition we've screened for for a number of years now. You won't remember as junior trainees, I will remember Ray's disease, and most probably a large proportion of Ray's syndrome was in fact MCAD. So um, the important thing with MCAD is to recognise that this still can present prior to the result of the neonatal screening test. You may see babies that uh, perhaps are feeding poorly, they've not established breastfeeding, um, and they can present with just generally being unwell. They would present with abnormal LFTs, liver function tests, raised ammonia, and a low blood sugar. Although the blood sugar can be, can be a late presentation. Don't always think that they have to be hyperglycemic. Because if the blood is taken at five days and you get the result at eight days, we did see, and I did a large amount, unfortunately, severe, significant morbidity and mortality in neonates prior to the result of the MCAT screening. Once we've got the screening, and again, we see the baby, we do the confirmatory tests, which are both biochemical tests, uh, further testing on the blood, further testing organic acids on the urine, and genetic testing, we can then establish an emergency regime, and there is an excellent outcome for these children with a normal intellectual outcome, and we can prevent acute decompensations by simply offering open access for the family to come in and get appropriate glucose uh, supplementation be that nasogastric tube or intravenous feeding so an excellent outcome preventing mortality which used to occur around 18 months with diarrheal illnesses and gastrointestinal infection so those two are the most uh, are the highest um, instance if you like and the two that probably trainees um, need to know about the most mm. and you mentioned there were six inherited metabolic conditions in total so we've covered two what what were the uh, this is me giving away my ignorance on that so what are the other four that we that we yeah for? yeah so uh, more recently we have been successful in introducing extended screening for a number of inherited metabolic disorders um, and these the instances that these are very rare uh, one in a hundred thousand to one in a hundred and fifty thousand um, and if you think as a trainee in Wales that I don't know the exact figure at the moment but we're talking about an average birth rate probably of about 32 to 35,000 so we're not going to see these conditions whereas we might see two or three MCADs two or three PKU patients a year in Wales we're not going to see these very often so the four conditions are maple syrup urine disease isovaleric acidemia uh, glutaric aciduria type 1 known as GA1 and homocystinuria which is the pyridoxine unresponsive homocystinuria um, Generally, I, I don't think candidates and trainees need to know too much about these conditions individually. There are some important caveats, though. 
for example, if uh, your local centre has referred uh, a patient who has been picked up as being positive for either maple syrup urine disease or isovaleric acidemia, it is really important that that baby is seen as soon as possible. And when I say as soon as possible, I mean within hours. Mm. We do know that there is significant advantage to screening preventing severe and significant collapse in these babies uh, presenting with coma presenting with apnea um, sometimes presenting with hyperammonemia and that can occur around about the time at which the screening result is becoming positive and i know of a number of different cases where it's literally been minutes hours important in seeing those babies and the key thing with those two conditions would be to speak urgently to your inherited metabolic disease center and seek advice the other two conditions maple syrup urine disease um, you can then later on present with multiple decompensations but generally the management can prevent those and can prevent um, death and again with isovaleric acidemia once diagnosed although there may be some difficulty with long-term uh, intellectual outcome once diagnosed the prognosis is much better homocystinuria doesn't present so acutely and we know the problems with homocystinuria which can be about developmental delay which can be about extreme short-sightedness um, and also the lens problems and later on with the thrombosis problems Glutaric acidemia type 1 used to present with a severe collapse around the age perhaps 6 to 18 months again with significant neurological sequelae. What we're hoping with screening and open access and treatment is that we can present those conditions. Can I, can I just add what I think is some important uh, additional thoughts? Of um, I'll, I'll say this again probably at the end, um, mm. is that with all of these conditions... Once again, I would ask trainees to always consider that uh, babies may not have been screened. And for example, you may find patients moving into the area who not every European country is going to be screening for these conditions. Mm. Also, you can screen up to 12 months, so you can still get the screening done with the exception of cystic fibrosis, which is can be done up to eight weeks. So be aware of parents who may not have wished their babies to be tested, be aware also of babies moving in from other areas. And then once again, test clinically if you believe there is any concern. We have also hinted at the fact that there can be disease presentation prior to the results, particularly with maple syrup urine disease, IVA and MCAD. The other thing, of course, is that it's all in the history and don't forget that these conditions are also more recessive and it may be that there is simply a clue um, in the fact that there's a previously affected um, child mm. um, so 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 be aware of that right okay I mean, so so a lot of really important points for us there <laughs> particularly when it comes to you know um, missed children who might not have babies who might not have had the newborn screening program um, or or the blood spot have come in from another area so that's all absolutely worth bearing in mind that these babies might not have been picked up. Fantastic points there. Just coming back to the inherited metabolic conditions, um, you mentioned that the four ones, you know, homocysteine, urea, so on, were relatively newly introduced to the programme. Um, do you think there'll be any changes to the screening programme in the future? 
uh, there will undoubtedly be changes. I think that, uh, again, trainees um, need to keep their eye on, there are some, again, very good NHS websites, newborn blood spot screening websites, Public mm. Health England have got good websites, just to look to see whether the programmes are changing. And once again, those programmes may change at a different rate across the four nations. So you may see some difference in implementation of programmes. Generally, they are the same. Mm. I mean, if one looks, uh, so from my point of view, I sit on the UK National Screening Committee, mm. uh, and we advise the four nations on screening programmes across the UK. At the moment, for example, we're looking very strongly um, severe combined immunodeficiency, so mm. looking at SCID as a possibility for um, yeah. screening. Metabolic disorders, we're looking at uh, tyrosinemia mm. and also the long-chain 3-hydroxyacyl-CoA dehydrogenase deficiency as possible candidates for screening. And also congenital adrenal hyperplasia has previously been looked at. So. A number of conditions are being looked at all the time and uh, trainees may, and certainly during their working lifetime as paediatricians, will have to be aware of the different types of conditions that we're going to screen for. We may stop screening for some conditions if we find that the information we're getting, if we find that the benefit is poor, then the UK National Screening Committee will reassess the benefit and may actually stop those programmes. We know, um, for example, rubella is a programme that was stopped. Um, so there will be other programmes that might be stopped as well as new programmes coming online. OK, well, fantastic. So, I mean, we spoke about a fair few things during the course of this chat. Uh, what do you think are the key points that you know junior doctors and trainees should be taking away yeah. to incorporate into their own practice? The key points are be aware of newborn blood spot screening and be aware of it in the context of wider screening programmes for, for babies and for children and also for mothers for antenatal um, screening programmes. Remember the key to this is if you have a clinical suspicion of the condition, then do the clinical testing, do the biochemical testing that confirms the condition. Just because the parents might say they've had screening, there may be a case whereby that screening has not been done, you may get false negatives. So please do remember to ask about the screening history, has the baby had the neonatal screening test, but also to be aware that if you have clinical suspicion, treat and investigate clinically. Also, I think um, your last point where you've raised is that programmes are changing and that we are introducing, we will be introducing new conditions as well as perhaps stopping some programmes. Mm. So this is going to apply right through the working lifetime of all paediatricians in terms of keeping on uh, top of that. And I think the final thing which you would expect me to say mm. is if you have any concerns about the possible diagnosis of an inborn error, speak to your consultant and your consultant or yourself should speak to someone in a specialist inherited metabolic disease centre. And the key there would be to talk to them about the condition, any immediate steps that need to take place. And of course, also the appropriate collection of specimens, which perhaps might be a good topic for a further podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, thank you very much. Going briefly off piece here, I, I've had a few thoughts while we were chatting. Yep. Uh, so, is um, is there a particular reason why we do the newborn screening typically at around five days of age? Um, historically, um, the testing has been done at five to eight days. Everybody um, is 
being assessed as an outcome measure on screening at mm. five days? It is a good question and I will touch on this podcast about the possibility of new conditions being introduced and also new con- conditions being removed. The other thing to look out for is the possibility of the timing of mm. the newborn blood spot program changing. You will, uh, I, I have uh, discussed or will discuss in this podcast the importance of picking up uh, early maple syrup urine disease, MCAD and isovaleric acidemia. If the newborn blood spot screening test was done at day one, mm. then that would probably give you an extra five days to pick these tests up mm. and improve the uh, utility for that testing. The difficulty um, is that um, to ensure that the testing is robust, we need to have good data as to what the cutoffs are for the various biochemical testing. Mm. And, it, and we need to be really sure that the cutoffs we use, for instance, in PKU and MCAD now, apply also to a day one baby there is for example there may be some concern that that screening for hypothyroidism and tsh may not be as reliable at day one but that needs to be worked through if we are to consider testing at a different date That's brilliant. Thank you. Um, I had one further question. As you're on the UK you know, newborn screening committee yep. and help decide these things, what are your you know selection criteria when it comes to deciding yep. on the new tests? So, 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 yeah, it, it, it is a fascinating area of work and a, and a really useful committee to, to get an insight into. So the UK National Screening Committee is recognised as being very robust in the criteria by which it chooses the, the screening programmes. The downside to that is that the National uh, UK Screening Committee could be criticised for being too robust and that, for example, again, while I will say in this podcast you may get patients moving in who have not been tested, you may get patients uh, perhaps coming from the United States of America where patients are screened for a whole range of conditions Mm. and that varies on a state-by-state basis. So the UK National Screening Committee makes recommendations to the four health ministers in each of the developed nations and the criteria we use are are really quite simple that they do follow the original Wilson and Younger criteria um, with some modifications. The the key areas which again perhaps from whether it's still in the undergraduate curriculum I don't know. I I remember studying (laughs) is the candidates might know is, is first of all is there a reasonable way of diagnosing it when you take the sample? You've got to be able to diagnose it. Yeah. Is there a reasonable treatment that can be applied to that child? MCAT, the minute we identify them, we give them open access, they come in and they don't stay at home and deteriorate because the parents don't know they've got MCAT. Mm. Is it economical to do the testing? Is there a, an appropriate way of testing? The newborn blood spot card is obviously a very good way of testing. Is there demonstrable long-term benefit to picking up that condition. MCAT, we Mm. reduce mortality, which is clearly a very important, small numbers, Mm. but really important function of that screening. And then what is the the key also thing that the UK National Screening Committee will talk about um, is what is the possibility of harm? Mm. So if you have a test, um, what is the sensitivity? What is the specificity of that test? If you have a test that has a lot of false negatives, raises undue concern and significant worry in families for minimal benefit, Mm. then again, you wouldn't be looking to implement that that test. The other thing is, is it a reasonable public health problem? And this is where we've probably been, it's been very positive. The numbers are small in inherited metabolic disease, 
but we do believe that clearly in terms of mortality the, the prevention of that in, is significant. So those are some of the principles that in quite a robust way through review of the literature and uh, discussion by experts that we decide which programmes should go forward for consideration. Another one which actually which is an interesting one which is being discussed is an extension of the newborn physical screening programme which is the introduction of um, pulse oximetry for cardiac conditions mm. um, and your trainees may have come from centres where the use of pulse oximetry is actually being introduced across those centres. That is another area of good discussion. That's not so much the newborn blood spot but that's obviously to be included in the newborn physical examination programme and others will be aware of sometimes it waxes and wanes whether we should be introducing not just a simple clinical test for examination of the hips but whether we should be introducing routine ultrasound scanning for every baby. So lots to think about and lots to talk about. Yeah, wow, it's all very fascinating. That's brilliant, thank you. And I have yet another question. This will hopefully be the last one, and then no, I'll, that's I'll fine. leave you alone. But I always, uh, these questions always occur to me. So, so we do these at roughly around five days of age. We do this blood spot test, and you mentioned briefly earlier that sometimes there can be a delay between presentation and actual result from the screening program yeah. and you know presentation can occur during that window when do results typically start coming back and how many might we be missing in that window so the family should receive notification of the results so every family should get a notification at six to eight weeks now clearly that is too late for somebody who's diagnosed with this condition mm. so the blood spot should be collected on day five you can imagine that there are then various potential areas where the blood spot can be held up. So mm -hmm. it's taken by a midwife, it's sent through the post to, in Wales, the newborn screen laboratory here in Cardiff. It arrives in the postroom, mm -hmm. the postroom bring it to the laboratory. The laboratory runs from Monday to Friday. There are certainly moves, and there are in the rest of the UK as well as Wales, to introduce analysis of this testing on a Saturday and Sunday morning and bank holidays because mm. if you get a child with maple syrup urine disease whose test comes in on a Friday morning doesn't make the cut and it's the Easter bank holiday and is not done until Tuesday that's a really important window mm. so you, you can see variation in when the testing result is available and what we do constantly is try and make sure that we encourage the midwives to take a good sample so that we're reducing the rates of repeat sampling, uh, which I have mentioned in this podcast. We're ensuring we get good samples. We're ensuring that the midwives, for example, are not batching them, but are sending those samples as soon as they are taken. And then we are expanding our ability to actually analyse these samples by looking at weekend working and weekend reporting um, so that we again can improve the time between the sample being taken and the result. I mean, we would be looking at get it quick then we'd be looking at reporting these at nine ten days mm. certainly in phenylketonuria i would be wanting to treat before 20 days of age mm. so we're talking short turnaround times which can be affected by a number of factors officially out of questions now but that's been <laughs> absolutely fascinating I, I can't thank you enough for spending okay, no. so much time discussing this with us and and i know that there's a huge thirst amongst the trainees for more knowledge and teaching mm -hmm. around metabolic conditions so I'd be really grateful if... Uh, so I think you and I can from that discussion we can work on a number of topics which may include 
treatment of the acutely ill child for mm. suspected metabolic disease, the role of neurodevelopmental paediatrics and testing in children with developmental delay. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Wow, thank you, Dr. Asim Javed and Dr. Graham Shortland. I really enjoyed that episode. And so to go over what was discussed, the newborn screening consists of the newborn physical examination, hearing screening, and the blood spot heel prick test. It's important to remember that these tests are not compulsory and there may be some variation around the UK. It tests for nine conditions, sickle cell disease, to prevent the complications of sickle cell disease, cystic fibrosis, congenital hypothyroidism, and this picks up a deficit in thyroxine. It tests for TSH, but there could be some congenital absence of the thyroid, which could be missed in this screening. Then also six inherited metabolic condition. Fetal ketinuria uh, is picked up via tandem mass spectrometry and looks for the level of phenylalanine in the blood. You see a rise in the concentration, but you can get positive results with liver disease or galactosemia. MCAD, glutaric aciduria type 1, isovaleric acidemia, homocystinuria. It's important that if a baby is found to have one of these conditions on the newborn screening test that they're seen quickly as they can present with coma or apnea. Also, maple syrup urine disease, as management early on can prevent later decompensation. And once diagnosed, the prognosis is much better. With all these conditions, it's really important to remember that babies may not have been screened. They may have moved into the area and screening can be done up to 12 months, except for cystic fibrosis. Keep a lookout for changes in the screening programme on the NHS website or Public Health England website. The key points to remember are that newborn screening is in contact with other screening programmes. If you have a clinical suspicion, then do the tests to confirm, as the child may not have had screening or they may have had a false negative. Keep on top of the changes in the newborn screening test. If you have concerns about metabolic disease, speak to a senior and your nearest metabolic disease centre. Thank you so much for this. I learnt a lot and I'm really looking forward to the subsequent episodes that Graham and Asim talked about. Catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites. (laughs) 